If you're like me, you'd dropkick a shark in the throat to get at a box of delicious cookies, especially if those cookies were from Tailored and Crafted. Holy shit, are these cookies good? I just plowed through a box in two days because I couldn't stop eating them. And right now, they've got a killer special just for you. Build your own box. What? What does that even mean? It means this. First, you choose between three box sizes. With the small size, you get your choice of three flavor options. With the medium, you get four flavor options. And with the large, you get five whole flavor options. Then you choose which cookies you want in that box, and boom, you built a box of cookies. And since it's the holidays, they're going to give you an extra gift. From now until December 31st, tell them you heard this ad on Who the Fuck Are You and receive $5 off any large box of cookies. Five bucks! I mean, you were going to order the large anyway, so why not save some money? Go visit their website at tailoredandcrafted.com. I was told I should spell it. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D-A-N-D-C-R-A-F-T-E-D.com to check out their current list of cookies and to place your order. Tailored and Crafted. Baking. Exploring. Creating. Hello. I'm Michael Turrentine. And who in the fuck are you? <laughs> Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met We'll talk about the things they say and do There's a question posed to old and new Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I am Kevin Alvis, and this is Who the Fuck Are You? America's new smash hit podcast, where we sit down with Chicago's most talented to find out what and why they do what they do. It's fun. It's entertaining. You'll love it. Or at least that's what the five of you who are listening have told me so far. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we're chatting with a true hidden gem of Chicago. He's an actor, singer, writer, and host of the award-nominated podcast, How's Your Heart? On top of all of this, he is truly one of the most amazing and genuine people you will ever meet. Please welcome to the show our dear friend, Mr. Michael Tarantine. Today we'll be making club sandwiches with some bacon and crisp lettuce. Soft bacon. What the fuck is a soft bacon? A soft bacon. <laughs> Hi, Michael. How are you? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, my good, gosh. Good, good, good. It's great to see your face. Oh, it's so good to see your face. What is your drink of choice? Mm. I am a rum drinker, and <sighs> this is a delicious stuff called bamboo. Okay. It is and very... It is very, it's like a smooth, it's a little bit sweeter than most rums and it is delicious. I only drink it on the rocks. I have never tried to put it in anything because I'm afraid I'll fuck up the taste of this rum because it's so good. Yes. Um, I got this just, a, I think we got this on like Friday or Saturday. So I've been drinking the shit out of it, Yeah. Um, but it's delicious. And my favorite thing about it is the bottle is actually designed that every time you take the top off, it does this every time. No, no. Oh my God. So it's, you're, you're always a pirate and you're always ready to go. You just pop it out with your teeth, you pour it in your glass and get out of here. So didn't know if I was emotionally prepared for that. And I like, now there are tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bottle of rum, man. It's just a bottle of rum. What are you drinking? What, what's your drink of choice tonight? Hothic Red. Ooh. Um, thank you. Thank you, everyone. I am a disciple of red wine, apparently. <laughs> it is the, I mean, 
for me, like red wine goes across the board, in my opinion, anytime, anywhere. It's like white wines are like hot days outside or we're doing like spritzers and, or it's like brunch. Right. Red wine is like, I'm drinking wine today. You're like, hey, you're like a fancy thing or it's like, I'm getting fucked up tonight. It's true. It's like, I don't know why. I don't know if I'm the only person, but I think I'm rich whenever I drink red wine. Like I just feel, yes. or like, uh, have you seen Scandal at all? No, 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 I haven't. I've heard amazing oh. stuff about it. It's it's that TV pocket of like, everything's fucking good. What do I watch nowadays? It's true. It's, true. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful, wonderful. Shonda Rhimes, Carrie Washington. Um, Olivia Pope drinks red wine and eats popcorn in like almost every episode. And I'm like, I'm that Olivia Pope. <laughs> sounds really good. I would dip that popcorn in that wine and just, oh, it's so good. Because it's already great with Coke. Like I do that with Coke. I'll pop, put popcorn in my Coke, dip it in Coke and pop it in. Oh, so no good. way. Oh, yeah. I Oh my Sweet God. and salty. Oh my God. Okay, wait, writing it down in Write my it down. Oh. Apparently a thing that my parents used to do when they were kids is they'd get the glass, because that's back when the Cokes came in a glass bottle and that was it. Uh -huh. They would put salted peanuts in their Coke and let it soak to the bottom and that salt would mix with the sweet. And then when they were done, they had Coke-soaked peanuts that they could pour out and drink. I've never tried it, but I can imagine it's good. But that's, that's, what, parents, that's what people used to do when they were kids, apparently. These are the stories. These are the stories that people need to share because I'm now I'm wondering like whenever I tell my my children and grandchildren like stories, what is my claim mm -hmm. to fame? It's probably like Skittles and Sprite or something. <laughs> right. This one time I was able to get my charger for my iPad to charge even though the cord was broken with some tape and I did a thing and they're gonna be like, What the fuck is an iPad? What's a cord? Like, no. <laughs> What's a cord? Who, who even are you? What are you talking about? Michael, how how are you doing through all of this craziness in the world? Because, I mean, I feel like now, because I, I don't know you all that well, but I feel like the times that I've seen you out and what I know of you online and stuff like that, you seem like a very like a social person. You seem like the type that does like to be around a lot of people and out mm -hmm. and living. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who are very introverted or are realizing that they're very introverted. Uh, so how are you as a person who's like, going out and seeing people how are you handling all of this lockdown shit kevin girl <laughs> it was it okay so it always it fluctuates and i've gotten so much better since we are almost a year in now dear Ugh. god so um can you believe that can you believe that oh my god um but yeah at the beginning i'm such an i'm like a I'm a pure extrovert, so I do recharge by like being around people and having conversations and listening and all that stuff mm -hmm. and the pandemic basically takes away that love language completely. Like you can't, you really can't touch anyone. And I, I communicate with hugging people. So I have not hugged a human soul in ever. I am, um, I come from a, a very Southern huggy family. Like my, like all the ladies in my, are in my family are that, that Southern hugger. Well, mm -hmm. like, they love to hug always. I'll just grab you and hug you. Yes. And so I grew up, I'm a hugger too. And yeah. I, I kind of had a little bit of a twitch the other day when I was talking, I was, I was talking to my therapist the other day. And I was like, I just thought about the other day that outside of my wife and a few doctors, I haven't touched a person right? since March. I haven't hugged anyone. I haven't grabbed an arm. I haven't shaken a hand. And you forget how much you need that energy connection. Even if you are kind of an introvert, sit back, you mm -hmm. still need that energy sometimes. It's very true. And like it, it, the wild part of it was uh, the first hug I got after I don't know, four months. Um, one of my best friends, Sam Beck, uh, I saw him in the worst environment that you could imagine. We were at a protest uh, uh, for George Floyd. And like mm -hmm. that, 
So people were like, let's take the streets. And I was like, of course, I'm going to be there. And I saw Sam and like our bodies took over and like we grasped onto each other and wept in front of all these people oh. and I was like everyone look away you know why we're here like please don't do this <laughs> leave us alone let us be leave us um and I bet that was a, the most amazing outside of just COVID but that whole experience I'm sure just where you were at that time with that energy um, I don't see how y'all just both didn't melt into a puddle on the ground Oh, yeah. Well, we did, but we have amazing surgeons uh, in our hospitals and a wonderful network in our um, insurance. Jar you up, back to the cryo lab real fast, put you back in the mold, refreeze. Who are we? <laughs> we are two people who have not been hanging out with people who it's... just want to talk insane for a while. And then I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to call it a show and then hopefully people will listen. It, they will, because everyone loves you. Kevo. Um, everyone loves you. Stop it. Come on now. Uh, I mean, you're all over the place. All right. So mm -hmm. you're an actor. You mm -hmm. are a, a singer, if I'm not mistaken. You mm -hmm. are now a writer. Yeah. Uh, you also are a host of your own podcast. Mm -hmm. And you have, uh, which I want to talk about in just a little bit, uh, and I've recently found out by listening to your podcast, an amazing job, ah. um, like a day job that I think is a, a, a fantastic program, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, I want to I want to talk a little bit about like... I want to talk about your influences acting like everybody draws for their own things at different times in their lives when they decided like that's what I want to do or they you know this is a person that really influenced me to give me this decision of really jumping in the arts in my life because hmm. let's I mean let's be across the board but arts it's a it's a in the long run it's a terrible career choice True. terrible <laughs> I'm 46 and I have not had an, a regular acting job that paid me like living wage since I you know in over a decade it's hard you know um so but we take those leaps because we love it and that's the thing we connect to so what what a, what connected you to that what was that thing that was like yeah I, I fucking want to do that yeah uh, my my origin story uh to acting is super funny in what that. a great way to put that too. I'm gonna to steal that from now on. I'm like, so what's your acting origin story? I go, do no, it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yours. I'm right. Drop that down and origin <laughs> all <story>. yours. <laughs> um, well, honestly, it it came from watching the uh, not very well known like independent film, um, Jurassic Park, uh, the first one, and <laughs> and I watched it for the first time, and then I talked to my mom, and I was like, so like those things aren't real. She was like, no. And I was like, okay, so like those actors are real though, right? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. So basically like those people get paid to like act and like run away from these dinosaurs. And that was the day that I realized I wanted to act because I wanted true story to run away from like mechanical dinosaurs. Right. Today I have not, and I'm still holding out hope, <laughs> but... But like, honestly, honest to God, that is why I wanted to be an actor. I was like, no, I'm going to run away from dinosaurs. <laughs> if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to budget a dinosaur movie starring you just oh. so I can watch you run away from dinosaurs and give you that because that's a, such a fucking see I, I have some kind of similar mine. Um, I'm a big Bruce Willis fan and I used to watch a lot of Moonlighting and then transition directly into Die Hard because it's fucking Die Hard and that kind of locked it down for me because I wanted to run around and run away from bullets and explosions, you know. See, and that's why I became an actor. But I got into the theater department, and that's just not where you go running away from exploding buildings. But anyway, I mean, I will totally build a, a set um, for you that explodes safely um, and has safe bullets flying. I what guess. we'll do is we'll film the same movie where we're both running away from dinosaurs, and as we jump off, they explode. 
I like your idea better. <laughs> Done. It's it's going to be a new buddy cop archaeology movie. Oh my god! Paleontology movie. Yeah, we'll do a paleontology cop buddy movie where yes. one of us is a cop, one of us is a paleontologist because we have to solve this dinosaur crime. Wait, who'd be the cop and who'd be the paleontologist? Well, I guess if you were the you'd be the paleontologist because you're in the dinosaurs, and I would yeah. be the cop because I'm in the Bruce Willis. Or we could reverse them, and that might be fun. And switch it up. Oh my god! I I kind of well, like what if we're both cops working for a detective agency that just studies dinosaur primes. Okay, it's okay. This is this is live, right? Because oh, we, is listening, y'all need to write this down and we'll, send it. We'll keep this part in so everybody can start developing this for us. <laughs> and oh, yeah, we we have to start in it. No one else. Like oh, like I'm going to do something that somebody else could be in. Come on now. <laughs> so um, you got the acting bug when you were so young from Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> and I'm assuming that you moved on and once you got into college, this became your major. Where did you go to school? The University of Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma. Are you from Oklahoma? Yeah, I'm from Tulsa. Oh. I know I don't have an accent. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in Tulsa. I went to college in Norman, and then I moved here right after college. So Chicago, um, right after college. Yeah. What was the draw for Chicago uh, compared to like LA or New York? Because that's, I mean, those usually New York or LA, you go to New York for theater, you go to LA for film, and then you go to Chicago to what? I don't know. To most hey, people, but well, I almost moved to New York out of college. Excuse me, burp. Keep that. Keep that. Oh, um, turn it up. <laughs> and uh, the 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 way that I uh, explain it, I chose Chicago because I love eating food, and mm. I can't afford anything in New York. Like it's so it's so expensive. <laughs> so I was like, if I want to eat, I can't I can't move to New York. <laughs> um. So food, of course, drew you to Chicago. It's the best thing for that when you got here did you just hit the ground running did you or did you were you looking for the theater scene when you got here or were you did you jump right into looking for an agent like what was what was your focus when you got here yeah I you know I love that question because I totally didn't have a focus um (laughs) I just like went in being all daring luckily Mm -hmm. a couple of people who moved here out of college with me including friend um who I now live with one of the people who is hosting right now um and uh I just kind of got here. I knew one casting director, um, Linda Gillum. And so I just like looked up random auditions in the city and I like didn't care if the product the project was like bad. I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on stage and I'll be the best part of a bad show, and then someone's mm-hmm. gonna just me. And honestly, that's what happened. Um, <laughs> because I did a horrible show and like I was I was good in it. Um and then I got an audition from that show to be in, uh, to audition for uh, The Hairy Ape at uh, Oracle. And then that show was a hit. And then that's when things started like flying. <laughs> that, but that's, I mean, that's, a, I love to hear good stories like that because it is such a tough career. It is such a tough job to get a break in, especially when you're coming to a new city and yeah. being able to come in and being able to like at the right time, show who you are and what you can do. Mm-hmm. and be able to get something off that i bet that was a nice little like you know yeah and your step there i mean you, that i'm sure that helped kind of start propelling your mind and where to where to focus absolutely yeah it's a very big morale boost especially if you're like new and a baby and like mm-hmm. don't know and from oklahoma so you've never lived in a city so you think everyone's gonna eat you right uh, so <laughs> it was great it was really really cool um and yeah and i've been here ever since i don't i love chicago i love it here <laughs> yeah I really, really do. Is I mean, it the kind of place where you see yourself kind of like 
like, this is it, like, this is where I'll live and kind of re retire and this will be your home home? Or is this a situation where you're like, I'm going to be here as long as possible or until LA calls me and they give me a bunch of money? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like if there were opportunities that took me other places, um, I would do that opportunity. And then like Chicago would probably be my home base. I'd be mm -hmm. like, I got, if I'm rich, I'll have like a house in LA, a house in New yeah. Zealand. <laughs> and then like home bases in Chicago. Right. <laughs> it's a good place for it. I mean, and it's always nice to come back to except, I mean, except winters are terrible, of course, but. Do you remember, was it last year? Uh, the like coldest day of in history or something like that, where it was like negative 60 degrees or oh, something. Yes. Guess what I did that day. Oh, please tell me. I went on a first date to see a movie. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good test. Like, oh my God, I don't know who I was. Like I was frozen. Like a scarf was around my face and my eyes. And like, I, like my eyelashes were frozen when I got to the movie theater and we saw if Beale Street could talk. <laughs> It was wonderful, but also like first date movie. What? Um, <laughs> I, I took a, don't worry. I took a girl years ago out for a first date to see Body of Evidence with Madonna oh, and honey. Willem Dafoe. And then two days later, MTV was like, this is not a movie to go on a first date with. I'm like, well, great MTV. Thanks for telling Thank me that you. now. I've used that advice. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to performing, do you lean more towards musicals? Do you lean more towards like, regular uh, straight story shows or do you prefer like on camera acting i feel like my initial answer is like my niche my niche my niche is um theater because i it's like kind of how i got into everything though jurassic mm -hmm. park was my dream right. um, i like that the, when i got to high school i just was in the theater department and like the, the house blew down um and like i i feel that is where home base is for me i just feel kind of natural mm -hmm. um uh, in the theater um I feel but though I, I I don't know if I have a favorite I love I love musicals I don't lean towards musicals I just I happen I happen to be an actor who sings rather than like a singer who acts or like gotcha. you know um so I do do musicals <laughs> do -do. Mm -hmm. and, and then I do love film because it's just such a new beast it's such a different beast. And it's I love so much harder than you think. Cause you're like, I can perform in front of this audience all the fucking time. No big deal. But when you do it in front of the same amount of people who technically aren't there to see you perform, they're just there for their job and they're on their phone fucking around in the back doing whatever. It's like, what? So honestly, it's terrifying. It's I, terrifying. I, had to do, I had to do one. Um, I think it was a commercial. Yeah, it was a commercial. And it was the first time I had a, like a camera, just like four or five, like, like inches from my face mm -hmm. and a giant eyeball. And behind that eyeball are like a room full of 10 producers who are actually wanting me to sell their product perfectly. And they can see a twitch of my eyebrow. So this is horrifying, mm. <laughs> which is wild because I can perform in front of like a thousand people in a theater. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. It's not a bit, not a big deal. I, I, and I think mainly a lot of it is because in my opinion, it's because mm -hmm. those people are there to see you perform where on the other side is like, we're all just doing a job together. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like if the crew for a theater show came out and sat in the audience, I was like, we're done yet. Can we get out of here? I got to get to the bar when we're just over with, you know? And I'm like, Charlie, we all want to go to the bar when this is over. God, Jeez. <laughs> just laugh at my jokes and let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, uh, 
theater's where my heart is. And then like, I love doing musicals and film, but like theater is kind of like my go-to. <laughs> you have a, um a, i know i'm sure i know you've worked with a bunch of different people here in the city um do you have a favorite uh company you've worked with here or are you a member of a company that that's become your favorite yeah i actually don't have a favorite i feel like um the easier answer is like particular people in the industry that i work with rather than like the the house in which we work the overall entity yeah. Who's been some of your uh, favorite people you work with, like, especially like directors? Because I mean, actors, directors, if you find the right combo, it's magic. Oh my gosh. Uh, and that's Mon few and far between sometimes. Absolutely. It's absolutely. Oh my God. Uh, Monty Cole, Lillian Brown. Um, oh, Michael, Lillian's great. She's the coolest person I've ever met in my life. Um, so yeah, Monty, Michael, uh, Lillian, those are folks that I would like sign on to any project that they <laughs> they want to do. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's new for you, but delved into the world of writing. You just wrote a, a, a horror play. Was this your first time foray into writing? Were you just like, fuck, I want to try to write a play? Or have you just been dabbling and finally you're like, oh, great idea. Let me try to put this down in full length. No, I actually, the last time I like wrote or dabbled in writing a play was in college. Mm -hmm. And I took a playwriting class and I like wrote something and the class enjoyed it. So cut to... Like a couple of years back, I was like, I'm going to try to write a full length play for no reason. Um, and I was lucky to work with a company that hired a bunch of actors and I was friends with those actors. So I'd be like, hey, after work today, do you just want to read this play with some wine in one of our living rooms? And they were like, yeah. And this play was called If Only Once. And uh, after I completed it, a commission theater had a like a public reading of it. Mm -hmm. and got fabulous feedback and people were like, you can write. And I'm like, I guess so. Um, <laughs> then cut to um, like last year, um, Broken Nose Theater asked me to write a 10 minute play for their Bechtel Fest. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wrote a two person um, comedy um, called Laugh Out Loud title. I need to change it. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, it was really good. Um, <laughs> title then, wasn't super great. Show amazing. Horrible with titles. It's so bad. <laughs> um, but the show was amazing at, to the point where Spencer uh, was like, hey, would you like to be a part of our paper trail? Um, a, a Broken Nose's paper trail mm -hmm. when they would mentor new playwrights and writing a new full length play. And that's when Mayor was born. He was like, hey, do you have any ideas? And I was like, I have like an idea for like a stupid horror play. And he was like, write it. <laughs> so, so I wrote it and it was fantastic it was really really great um i've done some writing in the past for some short plays and stuff like that and i mm -hmm. find it's very freeing but it's also stressful for me uh yeah. the idea of handing it over to someone and being like can you read my mind and doing this the way i want to oh my gosh absolutely i'm so bad at like explaining what happens in my brain with with stories and everything mm -hmm. like that and also i'm like guy i'm uh getting better at uh, getting critiques for writing. Cause I'm so get, I'm so used to getting critiques as an actor that it's like, okay, great. But right. like as an actor, it's like all just like my baby. And so someone could be like, well, why did that, why did that person enter the room here and not here? And I'd be like, because his father is the most important person in his life. Like it's like just defending nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I had a theater company like backing this idea that happened to span from my brain, which is really validating. and way <laughs> yeah what is uh give me the uh give me the elevator pitch for your show like what like what what's the what's the breakdown of the quick synopsis of your show like what what tell me so, about it 
mare is based on the word nightmare, uh, based on the word Mara, which is the demon that sits on your um, chest and eats your dreams while you're sleeping. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's a painting by Henry Fusilli, Fuscelli, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, and it's really famous. You've probably seen it. Um, a, and there's like a woman who's asleep and there's a gremlin basically just like staring at her, um, sitting on her chest. Mm-hmm. So Mare, the play is based on uh, six strangers who enter a sleep deprivation study and find out that they are actually not where they think they are. And they are in a battle between real world um, horrors and like what may be a supernatural nightmare, but they have to figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are getting tireder and tireder as the hours go by. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious and it's freaking scary. Did that uh, springboard you into some other scripts or, or are you kind of sitting back in the cut for right now? Yeah, it's why I, I had a wild like three months where I was working on Mayor and then I was also working on a play that New Colony was wor- workshopping um, called Untitled Queer Romance, mm-hmm. um, which is fabulous. It's I can't wait for people to see it. It's really <laughs> great. Um, and then I also got contacted by About Face to write a 15 to 20 minute uh, piece. Um, they were actually gathering, I believe, a dozen, half a dozen, a couple of QIA uh, plus um, Black um, writers. Um, and they wanted us to write things based on items that we found in an arts bank with Black history and all of these things. It was amazing. I like wow. went to this. It was, uh, I was weeping. Um, and so we were just, we were, we went to the, the bank uh, on our own and got inspired and then just wrote a piece about it. Um, and it's called Kickback. Um, it opens virtually, that's all virtual. It opens the 15th, I believe. Of uh, December? Yeah, okay. I think that I'm horrible with dates. Um, don't kill me, anyone at About Face. Michael Burke, I love you. That's okay. Um, I think you might be, uh, we, this episode might be past that anyway, but we can always probably go back and watch it. So <laughs> I'm sure it's it's video. If, if people don't have a catalog by now, come on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> why, why would you want to erase Michael's work? Come on, About Face. What's wrong with you? I'm going to tag them in this too. I'm going to start a fight with About Face just, just because of your work. Are you my bodyguard now? Thank you. I, I, will, I will fucking take somebody down for you, Michael Turrento. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, that's exciting. I mean, that's exciting. I find that exciting when about, about your writing because I, I, I love the idea of Chicago specifically because it is the kind of place where you're like, you can be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna try to write a play. And then you can actually see that come into fruition because there's so many companies here that are looking for new works. And it's a place, that's why, that's again, why I think it's like the grad school of life, because it's like, in grad school, they're like, hey, write a play. And you're like, fuck, I'll do a play. And let me get some (laughs) feedback and we'll see what's going on. It's kind of like real world, you know, education. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're, you know, I think it's, and again, it's another commodity to have under your belt. It's like, oh, I I do this, I do this, and I also write. So I can write myself a great singing role, you know, and I'm going to fucking crush it, you know. Cast me and also let me write the thing that I'm cast in. And also, I love all of you. (laughs) I 100% would drop down good cash. And I think you should. And during this time when you kind of sit back in the cup because of COVID, I want a one man Michael Turrentine show. I need that. Time. I want. I want. I want it. I want it. I want monologues. I want musical numbers. I want some serious shit. I want some comedy. I want everything. I want some backup singers to come out at some point. You know, a lot of great tech. I want a show. I would. I if I again, if I was rich, I would. I would fund that. 
we would, we would, we'd be playing the din for weeks. You know, you now know that it's going to be dedicated to you, <laughs> the show. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll be the guy that's in the, in the, in the lobby. It's like, I help too. Hey, hi there. <laughs> I'm the Kevin he was talking about. <laughs> I walk down in a, in a mink. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I was the guy that helped you with this show. <laughs> I want to take a few minutes to talk about your day job because- yeah. I, again, like I just said, I was just, I, I was listening to your podcast and I just learned about this and I think it's a great, it sounds like a fucking great program. Um, it's called Catharsis. The company's called Catharsis, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And it works with the military on learning how to be more inclusive and from what, a, put, I guess to put it in lay terms, not how to be a fucking asshole to people. It seems oh like I hope that's not too, I hope that's not too, too shitty of an example, but I mean, that's, this is it's, why I <laughs> it's, it seemed like it's such a fucking great program. Could, could you be more eloquent in describing your job? please? <laughs> you know, that was, that was perfect. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I work with catharsis productions. Uh, basically the way I describe myself, I'm a social justice educator. Mm. So um, that's me- a much better way to put it. Yes. I had to, well, it took years to figure out like how to, honestly, it took so many dates to figure out how to explain this to my date. I'm like, okay, you know, I teach um, people about sexual assault prevention and racism and transphobia and homophobia and why none of this should happen. Like all of that stuff, but I needed an elevator pitch. Um, so, <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, we educate the military and colleges and now um, the later years of high school, um, about uh, social justice in regards to sexual assault prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, So imagine me um, pre-COVID walking onto a stage with a microphone in front of like 400 like sailors. I taught the Navy mainly. And I would start my classes by saying, good afternoon, sailors. And they'd be like, good afternoon, sir. And I would immediately follow up by saying, all right, we're past that. Hi, babies. How are we doing? (laughs) That's amazing. And some of them were like, yes, I love him. And some of them were like, oh, gosh, who's that gay black man on stage? What the fuck did they make us come in here for? Exactly. So it's it's been, honestly, I love, uh, it It kind of sparked my activist um, um, blood um, and I, I've been doing it for, I think six years, five years. Okay. Um, and it's great. It's great. Uh, honestly, I just love talking to the young folk, um, because it's a huge, it's a huge issue and it's a way, I, I feel like the way that, uh, our, our, our educators or myself, I can only speak for myself, um, approach it is it's very easy to talk about Mm -hmm. and it's very we make people laugh um we don't laugh at the subject matter by any means but we make feel comfortable in talking about it and i've had so many um students and um military personnel come up to me after um classes and say like hey i like i've had people disclose um to me and i've had people uh say like i've never had i have had like six trainings and this was the best one um because they're all so boring and you're not and i'm like thank you (laughs) so so it's stuff like that that is really rewarding. That's and that's that's such an amazing program. I I I hate that we have to have programs like that, but I'm very glad that there are programs out there for that. Um, w- were you intimidated at first with going into a place like that? Because I know I used to work with I, I used to work in uh, children's theater, 
and I did workshops. It wasn't anything like social justice stuff, but I know walking into a classroom of fourth graders, yeah. really fucking intimidating. I can only imagine that walking to a room full of sailors to talk about the subject matter that you are at first. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine it must have been high anxiety for you. Oh, absolutely. I was terrified. I was like, who are, okay, it's like all testosterone and everyone talks like this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm just, hi, everyone. <laughs> um, but then I realized, oh, y'all are literally kids. <laughs> and like, y'all are genuine fool fools. And like, I was you at one point, even though you're wearing a uniform. So like, mm -hmm. we I'm like, I have a microphone and also I'm funnier than you. So like everyone step back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. I love that. I love that. I love when you have that power of like, no, I, I have the, I have the loudest voice right now and I'm funny. So shut the fuck up and listen to what I got to say. Yes. And one of the funniest things that someone said after one of my uh, pre uh, presentations was a guy came up to me and he was like, that was amazing. Also, I've like actually never met like a gay black man before. And like, you're like really cool. And like gay people are really funny. And I was like, okay, so here's the thing you Yes, we are. And you need to just expand your horizons because like, girl, <laughs> right? Really? I'm your unicorn? Come on. But Come like, on. it was in that moment where I was like, oh, I'm a walking example of teaching someone who has not been exposed to like, other people. Mm -hmm. uh, like me walking into ro certain rooms is like, oh, okay, well, that's a that's a turning point for a lot of people. And I think that's really cool. Have if you, you had one moment after a show that was just like, hit your heart real hard. Absolutely. So, oh my gosh. I, it's when people, when people disclose to me, um, they feel they've just met me. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, they feel safe enough to tell me about something that very personal. Um, I've had people come out to me, uh, and for the in first time to anyone really. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Beautiful. I feel like an auntie every time I'm like, baby, I love you. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I got you boo. Like, and it's, here's it's my great. card. You give me a call. We will Honestly, chat. Well, Kiki, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think those are like the, the main, like my heart is full moments when I'm like, even if it's a really rough class and someone comes up afterwards and, and is like, wow, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I I got the message and I think what you do is amazing. Boom. Great. Thank you. That's oh. that <laughs> that's awesome. I, I that that I, I'm so glad that program exists. Like I said, I'm just, I, I think that's amazing. And I can only imagine that you are so perfect for that. I do want to now talk about your podcast, yeah, uh, which is called How's Your Heart? Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to it this week, and it is such <laughs> an uplifting, fun show. You're just sitting down with folks that you, that you know and love and just kind of having a nice how's your heart, like heart-to-heart -heart chat of just like bullshitting and laughing and talking about the subject matter and, mm -hmm. and put on a great thing. How's this? Was this something that you birthed or did someone like, Hey, I got a great idea for you. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kevin, for that wonderful question. Um, <laughs> sorry. Who am you I? You have um, been interviewed a lot. And also, I have. thanks. You make me blush every time you do it. <laughs> um, no, I was, I, I always say that I cheated because I, um, I auditioned for a podcast, like audio drama called Unwell. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, like a horror thriller audio drama. And I'm like one of the like, series regulars and oh, um familiar yeah oh yes 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 and uh the producers actually approached me one day um and they were like hey question have you ever thought about hosting your own podcast and I was like no but that'd be fun and they're like okay so we're gonna set up a meeting and at the we we went into a conference room and we spoke for three hours and at the end of that meeting we had the show we had guest lists we had the subject matter and those were 
those were things that were out of my brain. I was like, okay, so I guess I would talk about this and like have these types of people on and this would be the message. And um, then How's Your Heart was like birthed. So I, I feel like I cheated because I was like, oh, they asked me to host a show. <laughs> and I was like, sure. <laughs> Great. And now I'm going to tell you what that show will be and just give me, <laughs> give me what I want. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I love it. It's basically um, me um kikiing and shit throwing the shit with throwing the shit kicking the shit what is the phrase shitting shooting the shit with my friends <laughs> shooting the shit with my friends and also like other people that I've like not necessarily known very well um about subject matters that we don't necessarily always talk about openly as mm-hmm. in like things like usually sex comes up and like dating right. and relationships and um uh things like that because there's always stigmas on those subjects like don't talk about them and what we do is we just like dive in head first and 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 like laugh about it it's really really a blast honestly <laughs> we mainly bring like uh queer and poc folks um on mm-hmm. um so it gives us a platform <laughs> to talk about um things that we want to talk about and what one of the things that i really loved is like uh, I've talked to people who identify similarly to me, mm-hmm. and then I've also talked to people who don't. And like, I've talked to like a married straight white couple, and they listen to the show, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're right, and this is true, and we consent is is key, and like even when you're married." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is yeah. amazing!" So it's like honestly, just because like these two <laughs> gay black queens are on just uh, kicking it, shooting the shit. Um, it's kind of a message for everybody. It's just like, um, we all, like you're saying, we all, we all live in the same world and we want whatever we want and like, whatever we want is okay. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of teaches people that. Where can, uh, how's your heart, uh, is available on Apple podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. And where else? Like, is it all across the board, the Spotify, everything? Yeah, all across Spotify, Stitcher. Um, oh God, uh, I don't know all of them, but like, yeah, just just across the board. <laughs> like, what is your podcast channel? Look for me. That's that's it. Honestly, that's it. it's a bit like, and that's not, it's genuinely egotistical. The the um the cover is my headshot. <laughs> I love that too. I love it because it's such a great shot of you. Like, yes, fucking, how's your heart? Come on and sit down. Can I get you something? Some red wine. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's it's a good time and it's it's easy listening. Well, Michael, we've hit a spot in the show. It's a segment I like to call Same Three Questions. <gasps> and these are three questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show, and it's always the exact same three questions. Ooh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Question number one. If you could have one superpower, which would it be and why? Oh, that's great. Teleportation would be mine. Oh yeah? yeah, I've got a really good friend of mine that is always his go-to. Yeah. Uh, why for you teleportation? Because oh gosh, and it's so much more in this time. Like I'm not gonna be able to travel home for Christmas because I can't fly. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great if I could teleport. Like that'd be amazing. And um, you can't I mean, get COVID through time and space. Right. Exactly. You know, I thought about it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um. <laughs> Question number two, if after you died, you were reincarnated as a sandwich, which sandwich would you want to be? Oh, Lord. Oh, goodness. Wow. We, oh. Not necessarily your favorite sandwich, but like if you, if there was a sandwich that described Michael Turrentine. Oh, God, that's a good question. Oh, no. I would have to say a sandwich. 
I don't know why my <laughs> I don't know why my brain just went to Po Boy. Um, <laughs> I think this it, was destined. We we're destined to be because <laughs> Po like, Boys are my favorite. I, I grew up in the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and Po Boys were the sandwich. Like if you were to order like sandwiches from a place, it was from Po Boy place. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, and they're just like they're always special. They're Po Boys are always special. Always. And like you, when you, when you order a Po Boy. You are in the mood for a po' boy, like you. It's it's specific. What um, kind of po' boy though? What like? Because I mean, there's multiple po' boys. Like, what would you be? I think I would be a shrimp po' boy. I don't oh. know. <laughs> fried shrimp, fried shrimp. Problem. I'm assuming yes. Yeah. Oh no, fried shrimp po' boy. Oh please, come on. I love them. I love them. Thumbs up. <laughs> Great. All right. So we got teleportation. We've got uh, fried shrimp po' boy, which is oh, so good. All right. Uh, final question. Hey Michael. Hi. Blue or green? Blue. Sorry, the answer, of course, is green. Shit. Sorry, so close, so close, so close. I can cuss, right? I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You better watch your fucking mouth on my podcast, (laughs) sir. Excuse me. Michael, where can everybody find you? Are you? I'm assuming you're on social media. Uh, please tell us where to find your podcast. Where to? You have a website. Give us where people can find you. Absolutely, Kevin. Thank you so much for that beautiful question. I am on social media, um, Michael Turrentine, T-U-R-R-E-N-T-I-N-E. Thank you. Um, Facebook, <laughs> I'm on, the podcast is on Twitter at a How's Your Heart One. Um, the Instagram is mturrentine5. This is what, isn't it weird how many like combinations of letters and, and uh, <laughs> numbers we have in our brain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it all sounds like gibberish, but except it, unless you know social media, you're like, oh yeah, cool, got it. Exactly. Um, also, How's Your Heart does have a Patreon at uh, Patreon.com/slash How's Your Heart. Um, and oh, well, tell us about the Patreon. Like, what? What's? Because I mean, usually with a Patreon, you get extra stuff when you're uh, yeah. when you're a member. So what's what can people, you know, if they decide to become a member of your Patreon, what can they get? Absolutely. Oh my God, great question, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so. so uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm having way too much fun. No, please. That's uh, I'm enjoying every second of it. Um, yeah, the Patreon is kind of a new, a new develop. I'm developing it. Um, and it's it's a blast. We have things like uh, this is so stupid. We have things like uh, kiki videos with Michael T. Um, where I invite a guest on for 20 minutes and we kiki about a random, uh, random subject picked out from a randomizer. Nice. Um, of things called the Michael Chronicles that are just short little tidbit episodes of me talking about um, running into a hot person on the street. Um, we have random shout outs for people who donate uh, uh, like a certain amount of money for uh, each episode. Um, and th- just like those things. Um, Michael, uh, thank you so much uh, for turning on your computer and sitting in your house and talking to me. Uh, had a great time. Thanks for coming. Kevin, I miss you and I love you and I love Kim. And I also want to share wine with you. And we are going to get this Jurassic cop uh, movie down and uh, yeah, Jurassic detective. We're going to, we're going to crush it. So we'll get that since it's all done. I'm so here for it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> thank you for having me, Kevin. You're amazing. You. Michael Turrentine is amazing and I love him and I'll fight anyone who says differently. Also, if any of the five people listening want to do some fan art of the Dinosaur Cop movie starring Michael and myself, I would freak out and post them all over the Facebook and it will make you famous. But for reals, if you want to do some, you could send those over to bigtalkpodcast at gmail.com. For real, I would freak out. Please send me some fan art. bigtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Dinosaur Cop movie starring myself, Michael Turrentine. It'll be fucking amazing. Well, that does it for this episode. As always, a huge thanks to my friend Jason Moody for this kick-ass theme song. 
come back in a couple of weeks when we sit down with another guest and ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.